Welcome to this special edition of the The Generation Podcast, where we'll be broadcasting all the sermons and workshops from the 2019 The Generation Youth Summit. I'm Bobby Bosler, and the workshop that you're about to hear was one of eight of the 0100 workshops delivered at the Youth Summit uh, this past October, right after Dr. Jim had preached his 0100 sermon, which you need to hear if you haven't heard it yet. This uh, workshop was delivered by Zach Reed. Uh, Zach not only had a huge part in making the Youth Summit possible, uh, but here in this workshop he delivers one area that we don't often think we need to be delivered in, an area we don't often think we need a miracle in, and that is in our time. Uh, Listen as he shares with you some practical ways that you can step out of the boat and depend upon God to use your time as God would have you to use it. If you have your Bibles, could you turn to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6? We're going to look at verses, uh, starting verse uh, 19, well, verse verse 18, 19, and 20, we're going to kind of look at. Second Corinthians chapter 6, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're looking at verses 18. We're going to focus on verses 19 and 20, but... We'll, we'll start in verse 18. Can I get somebody just to volunteer to read that real quick for me? Somebody read it? Chapter 6. 18, 19, and 20 we're going to look at. I'm looking, I'm sorry, I'm looking at 1 Corinthians. That's why, I'm, that's why you kept asking me. I was thinking, I'm looking at it in front of me. All right, 1 Corinthians, there we go. Now everybody's confused. All right, could somebody uh, read that real quick? Actually, Sam, you want to read it for me? 6, 19 and 20. Good morning, Christian. Ever since that man's Jerusalem died, the body, which is that human fornication, sinful against his own body, what know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, whom you are not your own? You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. When I um, was in yeah, lower elementary, I uh, we lived in the state of New York for about three years. My dad was a pastor there, and uh, one of one of the things I always enjoyed doing was my grandparents would come from Maine and come visit us, and uh, we would go. And uh, kind of a small town, one of those towns, I'm sure you're all familiar with these towns, but if you blink, you miss it. Um, it, was, it was that type of town, but you, we left, we were kind of on the outskirts of town. We would ride our bikes uh, to the end, of, um, to kind of the middle of town, uh, kind of towards the end. There was a general store there. He would, my grandfather would always go with us. We'd get candy, stuff like that. And then when we were kind of eating and enjoying that candy, we'd always go down just a little farther down the street, and there was an old cemetery there. And in this cemetery, I don't know why, but I always thought it was kind of fun. We'd go into the cemetery, look at all the different stones, you know, headstones that were there. How many of you have ever just gone to an old cemetery and looked through? Okay, I, we would go through and we would read the names on there. And then we would just see all the ages and, uh, you know, when, when was somebody born and when, when did they die? And this was an older one. So it was always interesting to see, you know, when did it all start? Um, and, uh, you know, it, sometimes you would come across that one headstone that would be a very short period of time 
Uh, many of them were long lives, but then you come across that short period of time. And it was always you know, sad as you realize that someone didn't have that much time on this earth. I think of um, another tombstone that I've seen. Every time I'm in Washington, D.C., uh, I, I love to go to Arlington National Cemetery. I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you get a chance, go. Um, there's something about seeing the sea of white stones, knowing that those are men and women that have died um, fighting for the freedom of this country. But I, I love going there, and there's one particular place I always go to. Because there was a young man in my church. Uh, I didn't know him as well because he was a little bit older than me, but I knew his family and stuff. Um, but was in uh, the army, was fought in Afghanistan, and then was in Iraq, and was killed November 11, 2006, uh, from an IED. And um, I always go to that tombstone. And, you know, because I just, I, I don't know, there's something about it. I, I know the person. I want to go and be there. But, you know, there's an interesting thing about tombstones. There's a dash in between every number. You have the beginning date and you have the end date, and there's always a dash there. But because of you and I are here, all of us have a beginning date on our tombstone, but we don't have an end date. Mine was 1989. My, my tombstone will say 1989 dash, and I don't know yet. But that dash represents a certain amount of time. And you know what? Every single day that we wake up, we are given a gift by God. And it's a gift that is not, um, is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are, how, how, um, how smart you are, how much education you have, what, what status in life you have. It doesn't, nothing about that matters. Each one of us is given the, the same amount of time by God. And it really comes down, what are you going to do with that time? And I had Sam read the, the, those first couple of verses and really focusing on um, verse 20. It says, for we are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. You know, as I've been preparing for this, this workshop, I thought, wow, zero one hundred with my time. That's kind of broad. Um, I don't know how many of you went to the, the session on zero one hundred with my phone, but there's so many things like when I talk about the time that could, you know, blend with the phone. But I'm not going to focus on that as much, but um, in my preparation, um, I read, a, I read parts of a book uh, by Tony Renke. I don't know if, you've, if you ever have read this or not, but it's called 12 Ways My Phone Is Changing Me. And he has a quote in there that I'm going to read. He says, I am not my own. I am owned by my Lord. I have been bought with a price, which means I must glorify Christ with my thumbs, my ears, my eyes, and my time. I do not have time to kill. I have time to redeem. You know, um, I read those verses because as a believer, each one of us, God has purchased us with his precious blood. He took his time and came down on this earth to rescue us. You aren't your own. So therefore, your time is not yours. And yet so often we live like our time is ours. And when we operate in the flesh, when we try to do 50-50, or whatever percentage it might be of our Christian life, flesh always dies. It's, it's, it stinks. It's, it, it never breeds life. So if, if you are operating your time in the flesh, you're always going to kill or waste time. But when you live 0-100 with your time, there's always fruit that comes from it. There's always life. And 
I want us to, to start off with the basis before we even talk about time. You're redeemed. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. You're a slave to Jesus Christ. We think of slavery, and yes, in, in the context we think of is not a, a great thing, but in the context of Jesus Christ, who is the greatest master you could ever have, you're a slave to Jesus. He owns you. And yet we so often take things in our control and we don't and we try to 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 figure everything out on our own we never go back to the one who is our master when it comes to our time so you're redeemed you're 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 bought with a price you're not your own therefore really god should be the one that is determining what happens in your day in Ephesians and Colossians, we are challenged with the, 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 um, the thought that we are to redeem the time. You know, re- that, that phrase is very interesting. I don't know if you've ever meditated on redeeming the time. But redeem means to buy back. How do you buy back something once it's spent, you can't get it again? You know, every single minute that I've been talking, I can never get those back. I'm 30 years old. The 30 years that I've lived up to this point, I can't get those back. But how then how in the world am I supposed to redeem time? How am I supposed to buy something back? Well, really, you can't buy back what's spent, but you can buy what you don't have, what, what, what's before you. And our challenge in front of us is, how am I going to buy back eternity? How am I going to purchase every moment right now for eternity? You know, we're going to go from here. We have squad meetings. We have different things that's going on in today. And you're going to be challenged with how are you going to spend your time? Some of it's scheduled out for you, but there's other parts that it's discretionary. What are you going to do with it? You're going to leave here tomorrow. Probably many of you are going to leave here tomorrow. Some are from here. But what are you going to do with your time? If you're driving in a vehicle back or flying back, what are you going to do with your time? You're going to watch movies the whole time? Are you going to read books the whole time? You're going to listen to music, podcasts. What are you going to do? What are you going to spend with it? Are you just going to sit and talk to people? Are you just going to sleep the whole time? What, what, what's, what are you going to do with your time? Um, it, it, and that's, and I, I want to give a couple things because I, I want us to be thinking about, okay, practically, how do I do 0-100 with my time? So I'm going to, because of um, the shortness of time, I'm just going to talk about a couple things that has changed my life in thinking and use of my time and, and um, really is changing my life. As I was preparing for this, I thought, wow, this is kind of a convicting topic, uh, especially when you start thinking about your phone. Uh, your phone is the gateway to so much. Uh, sometimes we, we look at this thing and we... we say, oh, your phone is so horrible because whatever. But really, the phone is just a mechanism to access the distractors to your time. You know, for me, it's sports, looking up ESPN or whatever and finding out how my Red Sox are doing, which they stunk this year, how much, you know, how many the Patriots are doing, which they're doing really well. And, I, I, you know, trying to find all that stuff out. Um, it could be politics. You know, th- those are the things I like. Um, but I don't know. It could be something different for you. Uh, it could be trying to find out on social media, what's everybody doing? Um, what's, uh, you know, what are my friends doing? Or, hey, I have, ah, man, I don't know. I'm just going to text, I'm just going to text this person just out of the blue. And I've heard of people that will just, and this is not my personality, so 
uh, forgive me, but you know, some people will be just like, you know what? I'm just going to text all these people and say hi. And hopefully somebody responds back to me. And they just send a, you know, 15 texts out and say hi. And hopefully somebody texts back. And then you spend the next, you know, a few minutes texting away. Um, you know, it's amazing on this device, the average uh, young person spends like eight or nine hours a day on this. Uh, you know, and some even more. I wish I, I would have uh, shown, but we couldn't. Um, but I watched a video clip uh, several months ago of a, I think he was 13-year-old, 13, 13 or 14-year-old that spends 15 hours a day gaming. He makes, uh, he has made uh, over six figures doing it. But 15 hours a day gaming. He goes to school, comes back, and he just starts gaming. And he lo loads it all up to YouTube, and people watch it, and obviously he gets enough views, and he gets sponsors and all that stuff. But <laughs> that's a lot of time. You only have 24 hours in the day. When do you sleep? Um, so time is, you know, God, God left us here on this earth for a reason. What are we going to do with it? So here's what I want to talk about. Um, you've probably heard and, uh, about many distractors. I think each one of you could probably write down right now what distracts me the most. Um, and if you say, I don't know, I, I don't know. If you have an iPhone, you should have the Screen Time app on your phone, correct? I think everybody has the Screen Time app on your phone. You need to look at it and check, how much time have I spent on my phone? Believe me, it's convicting. Um, Thankfully, many of the times mine is just it's work related, but then there's other times where I look at different categories of what I spent my time on. And I thought, oh, I spent way too much time on that. And you know, in another aspect, I've locked my phone down other than texting and WhatsApp and um, my calendar and I think the weather app. 9.30 at night to 7 o'clock in the morning, my phone is shut down. Not because I'm worried about me going somewhere I shouldn't go. No, it's purely because I need to go to sleep. <laughs> and I don't want to have the distraction. They say a half hour before you go to bed, you shouldn't have the screen in your eyes because you don't get as good sleep. So I shut it down. You know what? It saved me so much time. I, I, just, I, and at first, I used to put the time limit on it. You know, I just have a time limit on it. Now, I just put a passcode on it. My wife has the passcode. So if I was to have to get to something, I have to go ask her for it. I did that for myself because I knew I was wasting too much time. There's another uh, app that somebody had told me about. It's called Quality Time. If you don't have an, app, uh, an iPhone, if you have an Android, download Quality Time. That tracks everything you do on your phone. And it sends you reports, and it just tells you, what, what are you doing? And it's just a helpful way to see how distracted am I with that device? How much time am I wasting with it? But we could talk about more about distractors in our time, discretionary. But I think I, I want you, I think you know probably what it is. I don't think I need to sit down here and talk about all kinds of different distractors. What I really want to talk about is, so how do you, you, you see the distractors, there's ways to, to cut those off. But how do I use my time right now to the fullest? And here's a couple things. First off, what vision do you have for your life? What is the vision? What is the God-given vision for your life? Do you know it? Mine has morphed, if you want to say, as I've, I've grown and I've got, and seen more Lord, how the Lord's worked in my heart. Um, but my really, my, my burden, my vision for my life that God has given me is I am burdened for the next generation. 
And when I say the next generation, I'm talking the whole spectrum of the next generation. I'm burdened for dads because that's where it starts. I'm burdened for mom and dads. I'm burdened for mom and dads with their little kids. That's where I'm at. But I'm burdened for mom and dads with little kids as they grow up. And then I'm burdened for teenagers and young adults. I'm burdened for grandparents that they would invest in, the young, in their grandkids. I'm burdened for the whole spectrum. That's my vision. And whenever I start operating outside of that vision, what God has given me, I start wasting time. But if I live within the vision that God's given me, I'm focused. You know, there's the quote that says, um, failure to plan is planning to fail. If you're not living with a purposeful, how am I going to do everything I have, and I'm gonna, how do I do it within the vision that God's given me, well, you're not using the full potential that God has given you. He created you in a very specific and unique way. And if you're not living within that vision that God's given you, then you're wasting your time. You know, I live, I think the reason why I'm burdened more than anything about using your time wisely is because I wasted so much of my high school, my teenage years, and even into my 20s because I was living in sin. I, I was hiding behind things. You know, I, would do, I had secret sin issues that I was always bound by. And I had no vision. I, honestly, I was running from the vision God had given me, the call that God had given on my life. And I wasted years. If you look at back at the early parts of our country's history, you have young people that go into college at 16, 17. They're mature. They were going as being ambassadors to foreign countries in their teens. No offense, but I don't think I would send any of you as an ambassador for the United States of America. Um, I can't imagine that. But they were young people that used their time so wisely and matured. I don't think I would send myself, frankly, as an ambassador, so don't be offended. But um, they used their time so wisely. What's the vision that God's given you for your life? Ask your parents, okay? You've, you know me. What is it that you feel like God wants to, how do you, God wants to use me? And if you, if you don't have parents that are able to do that, ask your pastor. Ask somebody that's involved in like, what is God's vision for my life? And now I want to take a moment. What are the roles? What are the God-given roles that you have? Write them down. Just write down. What are the roles? I'm a son or I'm a daughter. I'm a, I'm a, you know, a sibling. I'm a student. What are, what, I'm trying to think of other ones they can be. What are the roles that you have? You know, for me, I'm a dad. I'm a, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I have Sunday school people that I go to, I'm a, I'm a neighbor. I have different contacts in, in my life that I'm trying to reach into their life, um, whether it's gospel, to see them saved, or it's um, to disciple them, to see them grow. Honestly, when I, if I start and when I start listing all the different roles that I have, I can look at it and go, "Whew! How in the world am I supposed to do this?" And you know what? Many times, if I don't sit down and plan, I will never fully accomplish all the roles that God's given me. I won't be truly the dad I'm supposed to be, or the husband I'm supposed to be. I won't be the sibling I'm supposed to be. Um, you know, I won't be this, uh, I think I said it, but I won't be the son I'm supposed to be. I still need to call. I'm, I'm married. I still need to call home and 
How, how are you doing, mom and dad? Call my siblings. How are you doing? Just checking in with them. I'm the oldest boy in my family. I, I still have a responsibility to see how they're, you know, how they're doing. I want to invest in their lives. How are the guys doing at my Sunday school table? How are they doing in, in their roles? You know, investing into people all the time. That's what Jesus does. When you live 0-100, the 100%, what does he do? He invests in people. He sees people healed. He rescues people. So when you're living zero and the 100% is going flowing through you, you live the life that he lives. You touch people. You see fruit. But if you are wasting time, if you're not, if you're not actively set, setting down saying, okay, what are my roles? What's the vision God's given me? What do I do? I'm, my goal is, and sometimes it fluxes, but my goal like on the Sunday night after church is to sit down and kind of plan out my week. Now I get it. It can change. Things happen. But our generation hates planning, hates scheduling. We don't like being tied down to anything. I, I don't know how many times I've talked to people. I was in the youth department for several years. And I'd be like, hey, you coming to this event? Nah, I don't know. I, don't know. I was like, why not? I don't want to tie myself down to anything. I'm thinking, what? Why, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just commit? Because we're afraid that if we commit to something, well, there might be something more exciting that would come up. And so we don't want to commit to anything. That's our generation. And so because we never commit to anything, we, never, we, we don't live purposeful. If you know what your, the God's vision is for your life, and you know the things that you should be doing, be purposeful about it. Schedule it out. The beginning of your week, I challenge all of you, sit down and say, okay, what are my roles? How am I going to be, a, how am I going to, you know, each day this week, how am I going to reach into my family? That's your most immediate role. But then when am I going to go and when am I going to talk to my neighbor? When am I going to go and talk to somebody that's lost? When am I going to reach into this person's life? You can't do everybody in one week, but you need to break things down into bite size and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to do it. We just went through the hour earlier today. And that's one of the most perfect times in your devotions to just open up and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to work? Because I can't foresee everything. Who do I need to talk to today? Because the goal is I want to invest in other people. I want to see other people touched with Jesus. I have to be filled with the Spirit. I have to be walking in 0-100. But I want to see other people touched with Jesus because I've been touched with Jesus. And... That's truly fulfilling the role, that, the, the reason why God left me on this earth. There's no reason, why, why would God leave us on this earth other than the fact that he has a mission and goal for us? He didn't just leave you on this earth to play sports and to read books and to be entertained by YouTube or whatever. He didn't leave you on this earth for that. He left you on this earth to glorify him with your body. He's left you here for the very specific purpose that you would give everyone around the right opinion of who he is. That's what glory means. So how are you doing that with your time? I hope, I'm almost out of time. I hope that is, that is um, I've given you a couple of things that I hope you would take to heart. I challenge you, over the next several days, some of you are going to walk out here and totally forget it. I get it but I really plead with you, don't. Write down, what is the vision God has for me? Because some of you are floundering, and you don't know what you're going to do. 
because you don't know the God's vision for your life. Write it out. What's, what's God's vision for your life? You should have written out your roles right now, but then say, okay, what are my roles? How am I going to, to live 0-100 through these roles? And then identify what are the distractors? What's keeping me back from using my time wisely? Is it, is it this? Well, then how do I get it so that this is no longer doing it? Be radical about it. To me, it was pretty radical to shut my phone down from 9.30 to 7. And honestly, you know, I try to get up early so I can have my devotions before my little guys wake up. And, you know, I don't, I even purposely, I was talking to somebody the other day, I purposely do not text anybody until after a certain time in the morning. You know, sometimes I'm up at 5.30, you know, trying to do my devotions. And it, something will pop into my head. Oh, I need, to, I need to communicate to this to the person. It would be so easy to text them, but I don't. You know why? Because I don't want to distract them. Because I'm assuming they're probably in their devotions right at this time. I don't want to distract them. I don't want this thing to distract me from walking with God. So I put it aside so I can meet with him. There's other things. Hobbies. Some of you guys probably have vehicles that you're, you know, you're trying to work on. You love you know, that. Um, there, I don't know what else it could be. There's so many things that I don't even want to fully label them all out. But you're not your own. You've been bought with a price, a precious price. How are you going to glorify God with your time? And it really comes back to you. just heard the message 0-100. How are you going to be 0% and you 100% Him? And the vision that he's given for you fulfilled through the roles that he's placed you in. How are you living your life in the dash? We don't know when, you're, when, when your life ends. I hope you all live to your 80s. But undoubtedly somebody here might die young. We, we don't know. We don't know. But we can only do what God's placed in front of us right now. We can only glorify God in that. So how are you doing that? Can I encourage you in one last thing? I, I don't make, mean to totally make a sales pitch, but if you haven't gotten the Zero 0100 book, I'd encourage you to, to think about it um, because that's probably going to be one of the best, one of one of your better investments, of three ninety five, um, and uh, in a time because it doesn't won't take you that long to read it. But I had the privilege of working on that project, and I read that book several times and helping edit it and helping proofread it and what have you. And that thing has impacted me in an immense way of what zero one hundred. And I've heard that zero one hundred message preached several times, but reading it has cemented it in my brain. What is 0100? And it has changed me. Um, and, it is, and the truth is still changing me. I still got a lot of ways to go. Um, but I think, I, I just would encourage you, if you have the money and um, you're able to invest in that, I think that taking that home, reading it, praying over it, um, will change you and live in living 0100 and in the reality living 0100 in your time. So remember, vision, what's God's vision for your life? What are, what are the roles that he's given you? And what are, the, what are the things that are distracting you from it? And then be honest about it and say, you know what, I'm driving the stake in the ground. God's purchased me. I am not my own. I am not willing to waste any more time. I don't know how long I have. 
and I'm going to use it to glorify Him so that the world around me may know that I serve a big God. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the 2019 The Generation Youth Summit. If you were blessed by this sermon, don't forget to make plans to join hundreds of other young people next October for our annual meeting in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. For more information, please visit thegeneration.org slash summit. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.